TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 449, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wignopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hey, thanks, guys, for showing up in your, you know, your busy, busy schedule where you go out and do (laughs) a million things instead of doing this podcast. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, Disney Plus in this time of isolation has decided to make uh, some uh, things available ahead of schedule like Onward, which would in theory have still been in the movie theaters, but it will be coming to uh, Disney Plus on April 3rd. Dr. Doolittle will be on Disney Plus. (laughs) I take it that that's going to be the first thing you watch, Tom, right? You know, you, as soon as Doctor Doolittle's out, it's gonna be right there. Disney drops Doctor Doolittle on Disney Plus for free, and nobody still watches it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sure there will be some children. There will be some children who miss their Iron Man who will watch it, and will probably like this is boring <laughs> and not funny. <laughs> it might be funny for three year olds. You don't know. Um, Did you read the reviews? Yes, I'm probably still. I'm still gonna probably try to watch it, but his accent's terrible. Um, So, next piece of news I have is the Killing Eve premiere has been moved up by a week to cover the missing uh, Walking Dead finale. So now here's my problem: all the scenes for Walking Dead are shot. Everything is shot. The problem that they're having is the VFX. Uh, post-production, getting the VFX shots in. And I'm like, uh, VFX guys can work from home, guys. Like, I was going to say, can't they work from home? <laughs> absolutely. That's what our guys did to finish our last two episodes. Our VFX guys worked from home. And they got all the VFX shots in. Everybody was at their own respective houses, sending stuff back and forth. And I'm like, why can The Walking Dead not do their VFX from home? That's really bizarre to me. Especially because they said all principal photography was done and the, sh- the show was locked. I don't understand. But that's just me. But in- anyway, we get Killing Eve sooner. So that's good. <clears throat> show Messiah uh, has been canceled after one season on Netflix. Tom, did you say you knew why? Was there a reason? <laughs> I would presume it was just bad. Well, I, I mean, mean, everybody Netflix was... usually gives their shows two seasons. Right even if they're of dubious quality and ratings, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I mean, I know Roma a bit from when I worked on touch by an angel, but in my humble opinion, she and her husband need to hire better writers and actors and directors. <laughs> and maybe he should just stick to reality because some of their stuff has been, I watched the, I watched the Bible miniseries and it was terrible. And I, I, I theoretically am the target audience and I hated it. Okay, and and yeah. it feels bad to hate watch a Bible TV show, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom, do you want to give us your news? Uh, my news, since we on uh, Netflix, they ordered two more seasons of Love is Blind, two more seasons of The Circle, one more season of Rhythm Plus Flow, and another Marie Kondo show. AMC has ordered National Anthem, a musical anthology dramedy, about a middle-class Midwestern family tumbling down the ladder of American society, periodically bursting into song as they struggle to catch themselves. Now, that sounds crazy, except for the writer is Scott Z. Burns, who wrote Contagion, which is very hot on uh, streaming media and iTunes right now. I'm like, why are you watching that movie? You're living that reality. That doesn't even make any sense. I'm not watching it, but I'm just saying everybody else is. And music producer T-Bone Burnett. So it's got a good pedigree. Uh, CW, the Supernatural executive producer, plans to finish the final two episodes after the pandemic ends. So 
which that'll be interesting because nobody knows when it's going to end. And I have a, I have a feeling our fall TV season is going to become the winter TV season. Yes. Everything's going to premiere much later. Uh, Disney plus Meghan Markle, AKA Prince Harry's wife. Her first post Royal gig is narrating the Disney nature documentary elephant, which drops this Friday on April 3rd. And then NBC has given the 10 p.m. Tuesday time slot to NBC News special report, coronavirus pandemic, for at least three weeks. It'll probably be more. And finally, um, New Amsterdam has pulled its flu pandemic episode, which was written, filmed, and completed before the current situation and evidently introduces a new character played by uh, Daniel Day Kim, who has coronavirus in real life. Huh. Oh. Wow. So, but basically, the producers <laughs> released an interesting statement saying, right now, we need a lot less fiction and a lot more reality. And I'm like, ooh, that's okay. It's kind of deep. Oh. Okay. All right. So let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Westworld. And this was episode two that centered on Maeve and her reality, if we're speaking about realities. Because... <laughs> what I thought was great about that episode is it's really kind of confusing because you're watching it and you're like, why does Maeve not have her powers? Why are things not working? Why do they not remember? And I, I realized the moment that the boyfriend, I forgot his name, when Lee? he when he didn't oh, remember oh, oh, oh. her. Hector. Yeah, Hector. when Hector was like doing a program and he didn't, I realized he didn't know who she was. I was like, they're talking in two different languages right now. Like he's reacting to yeah. something that's in a script. She thinks she knows what he's talking about. And she realizes once they get on the plane that she doesn't know that he's not aware. And then she's like, and none of her powers work. And I was really confused. I was like, what's happening? And then I like that you then figure out that she's actually just in a VR. So that's not her physical body. None of this is real. And it explains why, because I was wondering why her guys, like when she gets, when she wakes up in, inside the lab, none of her guys are like helping her. I was like, why, why are you guys not helping? And then the other dude shows up and I was like, everybody's like, isn't he dead? And I would like to point mm-hmm. out, I yelled out, Dra- Dragoon! Um, when you see the dragon and I was, pre- I was like, that's Dragoon, you- right? And it is. Did you? Yeah. Did you notice the text working with? Yes, with and Dragoon? the texts were the uh, was it Dan and Dave, Dan and Dave Weiss or whatever. It was actually Did the showrunners of Danny Game Bay of Bay Thrones off. were the texts, and that really was the dragon. Are and I Drogon? get points for recognizing that dragon, huh? So Drogon, not Drogon. Dragoon. Yeah, Dragoon. Dragoon. Sorry, Drogon. Yeah, I said it right before. I'm sorry. sorry. Dragoon. Yeah, I know that was my bad. It's <laughs> Drogon. I knew that they would they wouldn't show their faces at Comic Con, but they'll show up in Westworld. Well, I'm sure they shot that way before, Not but apparently it was uh, the the Westworld showrunners wanted to show their thanks for Game of Thrones because they said if the Game of Thrones hadn't been successful, then Westworld would have never been made, which is probably true. So, but it was still creepy because you hear them, you hear them cutting up the dragon in the background. And I was like, oh my God, that was really him. No. (laughs) So, uh, the best, and the best part is probably Maeve taking over that service robot and just wreaking havoc. Oh, that That was was cool. That was so fantastic. All right. I'll let you guys talk. What did you think or like about the episode? Well, I loved the episode, and and I loved it. First of all, I love the fact that they focused on Maeve because she's like my favorite character in the show. And yeah, the same thing with you. It's a, at the beginning. It's you know, I I didn't know that it was necessarily, um, a simulation, but I I got that the two of them were all working at opposite per purposes that they were having two separate conversations and then of course by the time they're at the plane she realizes now he's he doesn't recall he's not on the same you know wavelength she is but i loved how she figured out what was going on and how to get out of it i was really surprised when they introduced um what's his name who was the programmer um because the first thing i said was yeah uh, isn't he supposed to be dead so (laughs) i was kind of you know right from the beginning it's like wait a minute that's just too convenient and then when they had him glitch out that whole sequence was 
fantastic. Right. I'm really intrigued about seeing what what's going on now with the new guy who they introduced at the at the end. And well, what the thing that's heartbreaking is he seems to be able to control her to some degree, which I really yes. don't like. No, but I, I, you know, my money's on Maeve. I think if she's going to figure yeah. out how to how to get out of a simulation, how to get control of the of everything in Westworld, she's going to figure out how to, you know, break herself free of this guy too. Yeah, I uh, want to know who in their right mind wants to pay to go to a place called War World. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I saw that in the ads for episode two after episode one, and I'm like, what? And then we spend time in War World. Granted, it's a simulation of War World, evidently, or, or I don't know. I, it's so confusing. Well, if but you shoot still, that's where I was like, yeah, to be a resistance fighter and shoot Nazis, sign me up. That? I, I guess so. I just find it kind of morbid. It is very morbid. That's true. How Get about, how about our impression. new? How about our new mismatched buddy team? Ah, <laughs> Bern, Bernard. Bernard and Stubbs. Well, I like Stubbs with that battle axe. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> so I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the team. I like I like. He was like, oh, I was just asking you to pretend that I was asking you, but really, I was going to reprogram you to do it anyway. So <laughs> that's that's a pretty cool team. All right, let's As wrap. the shortest Hemsworth brother, he gets to be <laughs> But he took off his shirt, and he's a little, you know, he's got a little buffness. He's got some love handles, but, you know, I'm sure if he takes his brother's exercise class, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap this one up. I'd say thumbs up. This is definitely on par for a really good Westworld. Oh, yeah. Um, next up, we're going to talk about what I consider to be the series finale of The Walking Dead. If you guys keep <laughs> watching guess, it, that's up to you. The last Michonne episode? It is the yeah. last Michonne episode. This was her big farewell. And they, they, of course, wanted to do like an homage flashback to show all the things she's been through. And the way they did it was they had her, they had somebody drug her. So she's tripping out. And in her tripping out, it was a what if, what if she decided not to save Andrea? How would that have changed her whole life? And it's actually not bad because it's like she chooses, she watches Andrea die. She ends up being left on the side of the road by Rick and his people because she's a lone hitchhiker and they don't care about her. She ends up getting picked up by Negan and she joins the saviors. And then they show her at the lineup and she ends up, trying to decide who to kill because she insists on being the one to kill someone. And she ends up killing herself and that knocks her kind of out. And then Rick kills her at the end. So it was like a weird kind of alternate reality thing that they had going on, which was interesting and disturbing in a lot of ways. Did Andrew Lincoln come back for this episode? No, not at all. They use all old footage. And then um, at the very end, they have her find his boots and get and get a trail of where that one she figures out that he what he didn't die when she thought he died and that she doesn't know if he's alive now but she knows he has been alive somewhat recently so she's on the trail to try to find him so and then they just show her go off on a uh, and it was actually weird because they had her join some new group that we'd never seen before. It was this huge moving army. And you're like, what? Who are those guys? And then it just shows her walk off towards them, and then it cuts to black. So apparently Gimple is saying he wants to have Michonne have her own movie as well. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, okay, dude, let's just try to do the Rick movie first, if you can manage that, and then we'll worry about a Michonne movie. But well, I know... Also, so many spinoffs. I saw something with like teenagers. Yes, that's uh, starting soon. Actually, that's World's End or whatever. Oh, World, God. yeah, Just, the end of yeah. yeah, that one's coming but soon. It's, but it's but it's a two season limited series, right? Yeah. <laughs> Greg, I know well, you saw more limited because I'm not tuning in at all. Sorry. Milk the cash cow till her teats bleed. Yeah, uh-huh. you know how much I like uh, series with kids and teenagers in it. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, what did you think of this episode? What did you think of the episode? Well, um, yeah, the only thing, I guess, that kind of bothered me, I mean, of course, I I love seeing Michonne, and then I kind of, you know, was like, oh, okay, they're going to drug her so they can do this whole, like, recap thing. It's like, okay, I get it. 
Um, the thing, the, the one thing that kind of bothered me though was uh, just the whole playing with time, because it seemed like that she left, you know, everybody back there like what seems like eight episodes ago. I don't know how many episodes it's been, but it seems like she left like eight episodes ago. Well, I think part of the other reason why it feels like it's so long is we had the mid-season break, which was like three months. So oh, it was a combination. Okay. That's well, part of also why. But you, The Walking the Dead, if, if you recall, the first six seasons is, are supposed to only be a year and a half, which is insanity. But right. they do that with time all the time on that show. And the two yeah. seasons, the two seasons where they fought the, the, the not the Whispers, but the uh, Saviors, that was only supposed to be three months. Two seasons. Three months. Yeah. So... That's what this show does. Yeah, and so she leaves, and she gets, you know, she ends up on the the island where she's looking, of course, for, you know, ammunition to fight the herd. And she gets, you know, she gets captured and whatever. And what seems like only maybe two or three days that she's gone, but then by the end of the episode, when she's calling back to Judy uh, or Judith, um, uh, Alpha's, uh, Alpha's dead. So... So apparently Michonne, the entire uh, so Michonne spent the entire time that we've been in the show on that island. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they and do that. That is yeah. the that is how this yeah. show works. This is not new. Yeah. So I mean that was the only thing that kind of really bothered me. And then of course you know they're still doing this thing. Well, you know it's supposed to be we we decided to do all of this fast forward and you know, in time sort of stuff. And we had people using horses and we tried to explain to the audience that gasoline doesn't work anymore. But because Daryl wants to ride a motorcycle, we're going to make the gasoline work for him. And because we want Michonne to leave on a boat, we're going to make the boat fuel work for the boat. Yes. That's um, how this show works. It feels like you're not paying attention. This is why (laughs) this is the series finale for me. There are so many reasons why, but I mean, you've listed them right there. Show logic is very different. But they do whatever the heck they want. But it was a good goodbye. I cried when she said goodbye to Judith. So I got really emotional at the end of the show. I thought that was really good. It was a really good send off for her. And I, it felt well earned. So. All right. But I, but now that the I but I do have to say I mean for those who have tuned out of the show and I was one of those people that tuned out of the show, you know now that the whispers are gone because I just oh man I just hated that whole you know Beta's still around right and it just took too long well but it seems like they're pivoting more toward the military thing and and what's going to tie into Rick you know so I figure if they go that that direction um, it'll make the show possibly watchable again. All right, I'm still out. There's nobody on that show I care about anymore. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this episode was uh, Seth Green's guest starring role. And he was super smarmy and not a good guy at all. Uh, so the, the the catch of the episode is that Seth Green has stolen Nolan's identity and has spent all his money and all his credit. His credit rating is like at a 300 and his college fund for his kid is gone. And they were like, well, you can file for stolen identity and you may get some of your money back in like five years. And it was just like, what? So all of that was pretty horrible. And then he ends up managing to find him because they were like, you'll never find him. And he came up with a way to find him. Uh, and it was Seth Green, and he was just like, has no conscience. He was like, well, you know, I just stole money from people. It's not a big deal. And I was like, wow. Uh, but the episode was funny, and it was very enjoyable. Uh, what did you think? Greg? Oh, uh, yeah, I must be the only uh, ones watching. Um, well, Peter watches The Rookie, but he is not available at the moment. Oh, well, yeah, I thought it was entertaining. Um, It was more, uh, you know, obviously more lighthearted than some of the previous episodes that we've had. Um, Although it, uh, you know, if it's if it is true in real life that uh, because Nolan was could have lost his job. They were saying that. Yeah, with his credit um, rating that low. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, if you have bad credit, then you can't be a police officer or something. I mean, that that was a little 
Um, well, it makes sense because that means he's open for people. That's a pressure point. Somebody could bribe him. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So you could have your identity stolen and lose your job, um, which I just had not thought about before. So that was that was really a... Um, I mean, but that, but then that sets you up, right? I mean, doesn't that set you up for you know people who you've put away who get out can easily pretty easily destroy you by stealing well. The your thing identity. is, they actually tell you that if he can prove that this guy stole his identity, his job is safe. He just can't get his money back. They did uh, say once he found out and he could prove that Seth Green stole his identity, then he was fine. Um, it's just he has no money, which was the problem. And it was a nice ending where uh, Seth Green gets his hand chopped off. Like, ew, that was gross. <laughs> and uh, and then Nolan actually saves his life. And then he's like, all right, here's my secret stash so you can get your kid's college fund back. And it's like, you saved my life, so I guess I'll give you some money back. And it was like, we're supposed to feel like he has a heart of gold now? Like, no. He's still trash. He's still a trash human being. Yeah. Um... All right, but I did enjoy the episode, so I'm still giving it a thumbs up. Uh, next and up, the, oh. yeah, then was the B plot um, that they made uh, one of the rookies like go around and make the department, uh, um, I guess, in compliance. Yeah, um, I mean that wasn't really that interesting. And then, but as part of it, he solved a murder, and they didn't really care because he needs to learn that he has to do what he's told. Well, he um, cared. He gave him congratulations I, at the end. But he did stress to him, follow my orders first, solve a murder second. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul. And what the heck happened in Better Call Saul? Oh, this was the one with Kim. Are you kidding? It was called... <laughs> it was the one with Kim tripping. Kim, Kim versus Saul. All right, Kim. Yeah. The thing that, okay, the thing that bothered me about this, this whole thing was Kim's idea. She knows what kind of person Saul is or Jimmy is. And if you put him on this train, he's going to go and drive that train into a wall. Like, he's not going to stop. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like she said in that climactic argument, she he played her. Oh, yeah. And that, for her, was the betrayal she, because he played her. And he's he had an excuse. He always um, has excuses. Notice how I say excuse, not a reason. He had an excuse but I, I did not expect that whole confrontation argument to end with, we obviously have to get married. It's like, She's like She said, we either have to break up or get married. And I was like, how does getting married? I didn't, I didn't understand her logic. Like, how is this I evil getting well, married? From a legal perspective, it makes sense. If, uh, because if they're married, they cannot be, uh, they cannot forced to, testify against. forced to testify against each other. Right. So from that perspective, yes, it made sense. But it completely doesn't make sense from a psychological perspective because she was just Thank complaining you. that he... He targeted her. She was his mark. Right. And, and how can you ever trust him again? So what it's like, I mean, I can understand if you're, if you're like somehow legally backed against the wall and you have to be in this guy's corner. So, okay, let's just make sure that we can't testify against each other, whatever. But she's, she's like, she doesn't have to be with him. I figured this was the moment that she walked away and that's why she's not in Breaking Bad. But instead she's like, well, we she doubled down. She's like, let me double down on this. I'm wondering if the season's going to end with that, Allison. Yeah. Because that would Possibly. give us the last season to really, you know, the road to Breaking Bad. Ends yeah. here. I mean, um, the whole thing was crazy. I, I mean, I knew that he wasn't going to back down. She was like, I need you to stop. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll stop. I was like, he's not going to stop. Like, I knew he wasn't going to stop. I don't know why she didn't know that. I thought it was interesting the the whole copyright infringement thing. That was the strongest argument right. he had. Yeah. yeah, and he could have used that because that's especially. I mean, granted, this takes place in the past, but now that, that's huge. And if that bank had deep pockets, woo, they'd be in Wait. serious. I mean, a lot more money than he's than she's willing to settle for. Right. Definitely. All that was really good, but. Yeah, the pivotal moment at the end was the definitely the 
the center of the episode, and it left me with my jaw hanging open. Like that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I just had whiplash from that whole conversation. I really did. Yeah. Seriously, um, what did you think? Of, what did people think about the Mike storyline? Well, now Mike is on team um, Gus. Gus, or else. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> He the thing you like about Mike is that he comes at you sideways. So he's like, "All right, we need to get this guy out of town." So he basically sets up the dude for a murder that he did yeah. not commit. But I'm sure he committed some other murder. So that's fine. Oh, easily. Yeah. So. I love that. And the thing is, because Mike's older, everybody takes everybody takes him for granted. Yes. <laughs> Whether it's the yeah, the, 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 the guy. The street must... punks, or the librarian. Yep, he looks he like a grandpa. Yeah, he looks like a grandpa. Yeah. He looks like you know America's grandpa. And I did like, however, him basically telling Nacho, "Hang in there, I'll get your dad out of this." Right. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right, well, let's move on. I say thumbs up. This show. Oh yeah, has always been good, and I don't. I mean, I'll have episodes that I'm frustrated by, but I'm still on board. All right. Oh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. And when I say we, I mean <laughs> people other than you, because I still haven't caught up. I only have like two episodes to the end of the season I haven't watched. So go oh, ahead. Ugh. What did you guys think? Oh, I don't blame you, Libya. I mean, you know, you know, it's like, you know, I think everyone says we're, we're getting tired of, of crying like every week, you know, so I don't. I, I don't, don't get tired I of crying if it's earned. I wasn't crying. That's, that's that's well, not in this episode, um, but it was. I mean, it was. I mean, I, I like the fact that it was, you know, serious family drama, and that it wasn't just, you know, uh, family sitting together going, "Oh yes, well, I understand your point of view," and "Oh yes, and I understand your point of view," and let's just get along because we're family. Um, and I, I like that uh, we actually had the brothers actually go at each other and say some things that they cannot take back because that was that was pretty intense um plus the fact that kevin is finding out that he's going to have a kid like in the middle of his argument uh with with randall um and he's having to balance like both things at the same time uh which i guess could have guided you know his answer uh to um i guess his baby mama uh, that he's gonna, you know, he's all in, and he's all in for re- for being a part of the kid's life and everything. But uh, I thought it was pretty intense. I thought it was a really good drama. I feel and for Tom, an opposing point of view, I was about to say, I feel Tom is going to say the opposite. Go ahead, Tom. And for the counterpoint, I, I texted Libya after or a day or two later, and no, actually, I, I watched it a day or two later, then texted Libya, and, and I said, "This was us." Um, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, okay. The good, I actually liked the Kate and Toby storyline for once <laughs> where they basically say what I said. That is rare. Yeah. Because it was done with a deft touch. And then basically on, on baby Jack's first birthday, Toby had a surprise for Kate and the surprise was he wants to adopt another child because they can't have another one since the first one, you know, almost, almost killed, her. killed her. Right. Almost killed her. And I have friends who've gone through something similar. So I, I like that. The bad. I hated. Well, I won't say hate. I thought it was just too convenient for Kevin and Madison to conceive twins on their first time. And then we get the backstory, which we've this shows this is season four, people. Madison's in episode one. So you had plenty of time to introduce the fact hey, is that Madison the, get is the woman from uh, House and Once Upon a Time? Who's Madison? No, 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 Mad- no. Mad- she's the Madison girlfriend that she she met at oh, uh, the lame chick. Okay, at, never mind. Basically, at the eating disorder group in, in the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like her. So we get we get, we get this whole backstory dump that she never thought she'd be able to have kids. So her being able to conceive is a miracle, and she doesn't know. It's like, oh my gosh. Ugh. I just thought it was clumsy. <laughs> it was lit. The show's been on for four seasons. Madison's been in several episodes every year. She's not a, you know, she's a recurring character, but still, that could have come up at some point besides the episode where they sleep together once and she conceives twins. I just thought that was really, that was just really lazy and writery. 
Oh, that felt, that sounds like thing. fan fiction, oh, but go ahead. Yeah, totally and another yeah. good thing is, oh my gosh, Rebecca actually has a husband. <gasps> but oh, they don't use yeah. that to yeah. any... I thought you would like that part. Yes, and then the ugly. I lo- Oh, I did like that Beth tells, tells Randall this was not a good idea. And knew to absent herself from the room when Shiz got real. Yeah. But the way they handled, Randall lied to Kevin outright. Kevin yeah. asked him point blank, do you know why mom changed her mind? And Randall says, no. Come on, grow a pair, dude. And then the, the whole art, I hate, they, the way, yes, siblings fight all the time. I had a nasty argument with my sister after my dad died, after our father died. But still, you can handle these things realistically. But to do something so contrived, I just felt, no, you know, Randall has been portrayed as mostly a straight shooter and the out and out lie continually until being pushed. Come on. He's not any more mature than Kevin's the one who's actually being more mature and trying to step up. And then, yes, they said some really hateful, nasty things to each other that they can't take back. But again, it just seemed to come out of the blue. It's like we've had four years for these characters and to contrive this, you know, thing point blank. Season one, early episode, we had them literally fighting physically and Seth Green walks up. Not Seth Green, Seth Myers walks up. And then fast forward three more seasons and we have their relationship devolve like this. Uh-uh. I, it didn't feel real to me. It just felt contrived. All right, any other comments before we wrap this up? Allison, um, you had a really good comment. Well, the, it, it felt like a series finale to me more than a season finale because by the end of it, you know, and despite all the, 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 the you know, breakups and, and terrible things said to each other and, you know, all of that unforgivable stuff, we've got the ending, which fast forwards to, to you know, like, I guess about 10, 15 years in the future. And clearly they're, you know, back being friends again and everything's fine and they literally wrapped up just about every question every storyline you could possibly hope for i mean maybe there's a few little you know ends like well did madison and and kevin really get married or what happened there did he and end up marrying someone else but who cares it's not really crucial everything that was a real question got answered by by the end of it and it just felt like oh is this the end of the series because it just seemed too pat everything seemed like okay well we're done now you know that's the end no reason to come back next year all right so we've got we've got grown up jack grown up jack's wife is having a baby too yeah named hope of course guys let's wrap this up we gotta wrap this up so I, I'm, yeah, I feel like it's a little mixed, but slightly on the negative side for their season. My finale. last word is this. Bye. <laughs> All righty then. I said I'm not as in love with it as I was. Okay. Next up, we're going to talk about Motherland, Fort Salem. And I'm talking about it to get you guys to watch it. It's on Freeform and Hulu and however Freeform is streaming, whatever you have. And the concept of it I think is really cool, which is uh, during uh, the Salem witch trials, um, the witches fought back to the point where they ended up making a treaty between the U.S. government and the witches. And so part of the treaty is that the witches are will uh, join the military and be part of the government infrastructure, but every witch all the way down the line for every female witch in the family, all of them, it's conscription. So when you turn 18, you have to join the, uh, the military militarized witches. And we start off with these three different girls who just, who have just qualified for the new class. We see their, the, you know, their families before what they're like, we see them get inducted and then we go to basic training with them. And so you're following them through basic training. And it's obviously, I I don't know if I said this, it's current day. And there's a terrorist organization of like 
I want to say, witches that have dodged the draft that are trying to break up the militarized version. And as you find out more about it, it's not all like they want the girls to be all patriotic and loving and whatnot. So you see the propaganda, but you also see that witches die in these wars. They're super powerful, but they still die. And you don't like serve a certain amount of time and then can retire. You serve for life. You serve until you die, basically. So you don't see a bunch of retired witches. Like, that doesn't exist. Uh, so it's like, so you hear them talk about it being a meat grinder and some other things. So it's it's light, a little bit light, where some of the, you know, they have a little comedy or whatever in there. But it can get a little dark. But of course, that's my, it's kind of my jam. And I like witches. And I like that they're all, you know, we get to see it from the beginning. And you get to see their training and how their power is growing and that kind of thing. So there's only been two episodes so far. But I definitely like it. So you guys check it out. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> Next up, we're going to talk about The Magicians. Ha <laughs> um, And this episode was a musical heist. Uh, what did you guys think of said musical heist? Liked it, didn't love it. Oh, come on, guys. It was awesome. I liked the fact that the bellhops could get emotional overload with the singing. I thought that was cute. Uh, I liked that they tried to, like, swallow all their emotions and not affect the bellhops. I'm not entirely clear how the bellhops had powers or they were golems or something. But I like that. And I like the songs that they picked. Um, the only thing I didn't care about was, what's the evil girl and her girlfriend? Uh, oh, yeah. Marina. Marina, yeah. I mean, her girlfriend, I was like, why do you have a girlfriend? You're a criminal. She's an evil sociopathic criminal. Why does she have a girlfriend who's actually a good person? And, like, well, I don't understand why they're together. Because that was during the time that she like fixed herself magically so she wouldn't be a sociopath except that they had dated before so it was like she yeah because her whole thing was i made myself this good person for my girlfriend so my girlfriend won't leave me she had lied about because she had done the whole uh heist thing before when she was dating the girl originally she was like you lied to me about the heist and you guys went off on the heist and blah blah blah, blah. so they were together before she adjusted herself so I don't even understand oh. why they were together in the first place and why she's upset that she's leaving. And I was like, you guys were not made for each other. Just, like, take the break and go. Um, <laughs> but no. I, I did like the songs. I liked, the, I liked them all getting out of the suitcase. I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> just everything about the episode was very light and funny to me. And, and they always can sing. So it might not be the best musical they've ever done, but it was a fun... Bingo! So I'm okay with that. It was still a good musical, and it was a good heist. I wanted them to go out with a great musical. (laughs) Well, it was like like the penultimate episode. I agree with you there that they should have done better, considering it was like their last hurrah musically. But I, you know, and I do agree because I do agree. It's it was of, of the musicals. This was probably the weakest one. But I and I rewatched the others just to make sure. Yeah. is that you had to go back and check, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> I had to. I, I just Sorry. you know I, I do feel I do feel kind of bad that it wasn't quite on the same level. But then I think none of them have really been on the same level as the very first one. I thought that that was absolutely just knockout, blowout movie. And the, the, I still enjoyed the episode, even if it wasn't like the best musical that they did. I still got a huge kick out of it. I loved the the pig man doing his little dance. <laughs> yeah. I love the pig. I love the pig guy figuring out you're the ones who caused the the apocalypse or whatever. Yeah. What I also think is really funny is he's the same actor who's playing the Dark King. Dark King. Yep. <laughs> Just, John McGuire, and he can sing. Underneath that makeup is just hilarious to me. But uh, yeah, that, so I, I just got a, a kick out of it. I thought it was a really fun, really cute ride. Yeah, I agree. And they did some good songs. I like the songs that they picked. 
I like the choreography. Um, so yeah, I was I was happy. And then again, I did. I I will be doing my rewatch. We will be rewatching Magicians after we finish Magicians. So in my rewatch, yes. I will then alter another. Maybe I'll change my opinion. But for right now, I still really liked it. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Ozarks. And I have only seen the first episode, unlike Greg, who has finished the series. Stupid Netflix giving us everything <laughs> at different paces. Uh, has anybody else started watching season three of the Ozarks other than me and Greg? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen the first two episodes. Okay. I okay. meant to watch the second episode this morning. I just didn't. <laughs> like, I have no excuse other than I was like, I'll watch it in okay. the morning. Um, and then that didn't happen. Well, yeah, so just give me an idea. Where did the where did episode two leave off? I, I'm trying to remember. Well, I only want to talk about episode one. Oh, I only oh, saw the first one. I thought we were going to talk about the first one. Okay. A lot of interesting stuff that happens in episode two, but yeah, oh well. Like, no spoilers. Yeah. And I can't where one ends what, one, what was the last thing that happened? uh the fir- the last thing that happened is um that him and the wife had the big argument him and what was it what is his name they're always they're always, I know, big they're always fighting this fight was <laughs> about making the marty, marty? Thank you. it was about making the rest uh making the hotels and make and doing the pitch and he's like put his foot down you will not do this and i was like have you uh, met yeah. your wife like why why do you yeah, think yeah. that was going to work? And- yeah, we already saw at the end of the last season that, you know, Martin Marty is basically losing his nerve. I mean, he, he was kind of like, you know, veins, of, you know, well, veins of steel. Uh, uh, <laughs> cool. What? Cool. Uh, blood. Wait, I am not saying this right. Uh, <laughs> Are you having a how do, how do you say, like, ice in your veins? That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, ice <laughs> in your veins. <laughs> um and but by the end of last season, he was obviously lo- losing his nerve. And we already saw how Wendy was picking up the reins, and she was going well, to kind a of little, she wants power. Take charge. Yeah, she yeah. wants a little more power, and she's right and she's wrong. Like I get her point of if I have more power, then I can insulate myself better. But what she didn't calculate was now that she wants more power she has to meet really dangerous people who have power as well so then she got on that plane and met with the head of the mob or the head of the cartel and it was terrifying for her uh as it should be and then she leaves this voicemail for marty she's like uh i didn't want to worry you this morning i was like you liar uh (laughs) so she leaves him this crazy message about what she's going to do so at the end of the episode we saw she had the meeting he, the cartel guy, agreed to, to build a hotel. She was like, well, it's just a proposal. We don't have to do it. And he was like, of course. I said it with him. I was like, of course you, of course it does. And um, and then it ended with the Kansas City mob drunk guy at the, at the gambling, at the gambling table. He gets embarrassed. She takes him out of the table. He threatens to kill her and she throws him off the boat. And I was like, whoa. Like, that's yeah. either going to be perfect, work great, or that's terribly going to backfire. Like, I don't know which right. one that is. Okay. And don't tell me! Okay. <laughs> so that's that, the yeah. last shot. That's it. That's how it ends yeah. for me. This episode also include um, uh, Wendy breaking into the house. Was that Oh, also... yeah! Creepily breaking into her old house. I was like, what are you doing? And it was just weird. Drinking in bedrooms. Food coloring <laughs> in the orange juice. What the heck? Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, as much as I love Ozark, and I did love, I, I have loved the last two episodes that I've watched, there, it's bugging me because normally it's really carefully written, and there are plot holes that that are a plenty in this that are that are getting on my nerves, and I can't talk about a lot of them because they happen in episode two, but at least this one, um, which which sort of foreshadows a lot of other stuff. They've they've got Wendy breaking into a house. One of the first things that happens when you sell a house is they change the locks. So even if presumably somehow by a miracle they didn't find they didn't repaint the house and find the the key that she had, it wouldn't fit in any current lock. She wouldn't be able to even get in. And that may be a small thing, except that it seems to point to a lot of other plot inconsistencies that they're just getting really sloppy about you know, that, that start to happen later. So I, you know, I love the characters. I'm interested in the storyline and I'm invested in all of this, but there are just 
things that keep happening that annoy me that just seem like sloppy writing. It's like, well, why are you having them do this? Because that would not be possible or this could not happen. And yeah, it's becoming kind of frustrating. Oh, uh, Greg, what did you think of the first episode real quick? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just setting the stage. I mean, obviously, you know, um, Wendy wants certain things. Marty. Um, oh, wait, what about Marty bribing their therapist? What's that about? Yeah. Yeah. Marty's Marty's taking a different path. So we can already see we can already set the stage for the fact that in addition to them having the worry of the cartel, now they're going to be fighting each other. I'm not saying they didn't fight before, but, you know, with regards to where the business is going what decisions they're going to make. Um, now they're going to be, you know, um, there, there's obviously going to be some conflict between uh, the two of them. And so that's going to set the stage for uh, more stuff happening in the season. Yeah, the thing is, I, I go with that if it's if it's organic conflict, if it makes sense with the characters, there's stuff happening between them. And it starts in the first episode, but it really kind of builds, is that, you know, they, they are not in a position really to lie to each other. They are in deadly danger and they right. need to be able to to be frank with each other, be open with each other and share information that's vital to their own survival. And there's a key thing that that Marty isn't talking about that that, you know, comes to a head you know, by the time we get to episode two. And it's like my my feelings were, well, why didn't you have a conversation about this? And it just didn't seem likely that this would be something that that he would hide or they would talk about or well, both of them are lying to each other already. Yeah, they, yeah. And, but I, it just doesn't make sense because it is vital that they are on the same page. So, right. but they both believe they both believe deep down that they're both right. The other person is not going to understand what they want to accomplish, and so they're just not going to tell each other because. They just don't want to, you know. They, they don't just get trust. Tired, the problem hard. is they don't trust each other. Right. Yeah, they <laughs> that's really the problem, and they shouldn't because they're lying to each other. So it's just like, yeah. okay, all right, yeah. let's move. Yeah. Let's Before move on. What happens? When that happens. So it just doesn't make sense at this stage. All right. All right. Um. Next up, we're going to talk about Stumptown season, probably series finale. It's all right. I'm not. I'm still not a fan of Stumptown. Even with this episode that gives you, in theory, closure, it was like, meh. So that's pretty much how I felt about Stumptown for the last several episodes. So Tom, since you're the fan, go ahead. That gray undercover arc killed the show. He stayed undercover for far too many episodes. It lost focus on uh, Dex, and I don't think the show recovered. Okay. I still like the show. I still, oh my gosh, and they remembered that Cameron Mannheim's one of the stars of the show. We haven't seen her like in five episodes. It feels like an eternity. And she's terrific. I mean, she's got, you know, that Emmy for the practice was well-deserved. But man, I just, uh, it's a shame that they lost focus because that first batch of episodes was so good. And they, they limped to the end of the season. Yeah. I did like his dad, uh, the cop's dad being the lawyer. I thought that was... A nice little surprise, but well, it was. He, this was the second time he. This is the second time he's appeared. Right, but that's why I said it was in a previous a, episode. Right, I'm just saying that's why it was a surprise. I was like, oh yeah, his dad's a lawyer. That's kind of cool. But but yeah, um, nothing they should have really. done. They should have done this story arc in the middle, and then right. something big for the finale. Correct, but. You know, but that that gray thing, uh, yeah, kind of like it, it, was it T. S. Eliot? This is how the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I think that's all we got to say about Stumptown, to be honest. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard, and this was its season finale. Um, and it was kinda... this was this divisive among fans or what (laughs) well i'm kind of blah on it like it didn't i predicted like we were doing a live chat while we were watching it yeah and i predicted last week in the last podcast maybe our last conversation i had with somebody that that body was going to end up being picard's 
because he's sick. I didn't think that was supposed to. Be, I didn't think that was supposed to be a big mystery, though. Well, I mean, they said it was supposed to be for Sung. He was like, "I'm making but, it for me because I have this." But and this. nobody. But yeah, nobody but you knew it was that. It was like, the show's it, called it, Picard, it, not Star Trek Sung. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the body that they kept referring. It was the fact that they kept referring back to it again and again. It was like Chekhov's gun. You mm-hmm. know, play a big part, and what. Well, I mean, play, I but... think part of the issue was that we all knew that it was there and it was supposed to be used, and then they give us this whole bit where we're supposed to be sad that Picard's dead, but I don't believe he's dead. Yes, you know? the show called Picard dying in front of us. Sure, <laughs> with a pickup for a two for one season, if not yeah. two. It's, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I just I sat through that thing and literally I was like drumming my fingers, going, "Really, really." Who yeah, is dumb enough to actually believe that he's dying for real? Yeah, it really hurts when you already know that the show's picked up for a second season. So you already know the main character's not going to die. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like a limited series and it ends after one, that's that's one thing. But we know it, it's going to have a second season, and it's called Picard. Well, I don't understand why they even had this. They didn't need to make him sick. That was no. the story point no, they that didn't. they put in. They didn't need it to happen I at all. Kn- I know the... I know the answer to that. Okay, go ahead. Michael Chabon's Michael Chabon, the head writer's uh, famous novelist, his father passed recently, and he wrote a beautiful essay about it for I think it was New Yorker because his dad is his dad got him into classic Star Trek back in the day. So for me, his story about Picard, having read that toward the beginning of the season, this was a very personal storyline for him. So I'll I'll give them that. For me, and I thought the episode was a mixed bag. There was some stuff I liked, stuff I didn't like. The thing that was money for me was that Data Picard scene. Because that was good. Like most people, yeah. like most people, I hated Nemesis because it was a bad movie. Let's just <laughs> let's just call it out. It was a bad movie that yeah. killed the Next Generation franchise until Picard. Yes. But this gave real closure to that for me. And I thought it was very heartfelt. And Spiner and Stewart have, I mean, obviously great chemistry and great rapport. They're good friends in real life. So for me, that's why I would give this finale a thumbs up. Yeah. I really yeah. did like that scene. The only thing that I didn't like about it was their their insistence on on having Data die at the end of it. Because we've already had Data die. We don't need to see him die again. And his his explanation that that is... The, the ultimate of the human experience is like, so, you know, if, if death is the defining thing of the human experience, we're really failing as a species. Um, <laughs> it, it just didn't seem like something that was necessary, especially because, you know, if you keep him alive, even as a simulation, you can keep his character coming back. And the, as you said, the scenes between the two of them are gold. You, you know, that's the, the audience wants more of that. And so having that be, be like the final, you know, little epitaph for Data was something that I wasn't looking forward to. It's like I, the, the world wasn't crying out for that last moment. I loved the scene between them. Having it end with him die, I wasn't so thrilled with. Uh, Greg, go ahead. You had thoughts. Yeah. And, and so my thoughts were um, that I thought the the final episode was was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought the pacing of the episode was particularly good because I, if, if I take a look at this episode versus if I look at the entire season, there were just so many things during the season that I think we've discussed that where I just felt like the, the pacing on the shows was either choppy or after I got done watching the episode, I felt like they left something on the cutting room floor. I'm like, wait, why didn't they explain that? Wait, what happened here? Why, wait, why are they cutting back to this when they were, they, they started explaining this and then they didn't finish explaining this. I kind of felt that way through the whole series, but this final episode, um, what I thought was really good. Um, some positive points. I thought the CGI on the Orchid stuff was fantastic. I, was I really, thought the CGI of the ship fleets was terrible. Yeah, the CGI. Of the, yeah, mm-hmm. so they apparently spent all their time on the Orchids. <laughs> the ships, the ships weren't that great. But Dylan agrees with you. <laughs> but uh but overall yeah i thought it was a great episode although yeah that whole thing why make picard sick if you're just going to bring him back why do the whole thing and bring him back in the exact same looking body that he had before you know why make go out of your way to give us all this exposition about 
well, it is an android body, but he's not going to have super strength, and he's not going to be able to do this, and he's not going to be able to do this, and he's only going to live a certain number of years as if he were human in the first place. Hell, hell, like, hell, yeah, what, what do we do that for, for right? <laughs> 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 Yeah, at least he could have got some benefits from, like, yes, make me look 80, but I'm super strong. Yes. <laughs> make me look 80, because in real life, I am. Yeah, but then he has super strength. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, seeing him punch through a wall or something would be very useful in a future episode. I can exactly. see that. But no, they didn't even do that. I don't know. I See, I thought that the last episode was just as inconsistent. They they, they had characters that they never bothered to resolve. The the, the evil boyfriend character, the Romulan. Ugh. They actually never go back to him. We don't even know what happened to him in the end. He literally, the last time we saw him, he's like lying on the ground, you know, pleading not to phone home. And then... It's like they literally forgot that his character existed yep. in the show. They wrapped the it's whole episode, and we were—I was like, "Wait, what happened to him?" Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? I well, to be fair, that's true. I don't necessarily care, but at least we got the satisfaction of his sister being kicked down a hole. You know, maybe <laughs> by seven. Disney death. We did not see the body. She could she could recur, which would be no. terrible. Uh... Let's not have that. But anyway, let's no. wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Oh, I thought, I thought Issa Briona's cover of Blue Skies was gorgeous. Oh, right. That was a cool song. Oh, but, yeah. That was uh, really Yeah. I'm, I'm going to move. I, Go ahead. I hope that they, too, I would love them to retool it and get rid of the characters who annoy me and focus on, on maybe some <laughs> characters that we've seen before and, and do something different. Because yeah, I, well, I still don't like most of Guys, we got to wrap this up. we got to wrap this up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want to make the last comment. What about that last, like, pan over where it's like, okay, we have the the evil scientist woman who, like, killed a guy, but she's back on the using the captain. Yeah. And we're like, but now Seven and uh, what's her name yeah. are like holding hands. I'm like, what happened to Chakotay? And then they're just, I'm like, what? Chakotay? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Don't worry about it. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about the blacklist. We didn't get to talk about it last week, I don't think. Um, what I'm liking about the last two episodes is it's basically all about red. And when you have Red having 90% of the screen time, I am happy. We don't have to deal with the FBI. He's doing this last episode. It was basically like, uh, what is it? Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, where you have a group of people and people start dying. And you don't know who dies or why they're dying. I was pretty good. I liked it. Allison, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, it was Ten Little Indians. If you're going to Ag- Agatha Christie, uh, if you're going to use the reference, this is more like Ten Little Indians, where they're all trapped in the same place and they die off one by one. Yes. Uh, so, but so yeah, it was it was very obviously their take on this kind of thing. But I enjoyed it. And again, you know, I don't I don't watch the blacklist for plot consistency or logic or no, anything you have like to that. Understand that none of it makes sense, right? And then this random woman shows up that has obviously that has been his lover for years that we're like, wait, who who is she? It's like, oh, remember when blah, blah, blah. And this happened. We were together. And I was like, were you? We saw those episodes. We didn't see you. Okay, you were never even referenced. (laughs) No, she walks away from him at the end because he was smiling too much during a ballet recital. It's like, what? What? It was ridiculous. but so, yeah, it was completely stupid. However, it was a red fiesta. And yes. that's what I tune into the blacklist for. So it was great because it was it, it, we got absolutely none of Elizabeth or the FBI or any of that, except them, you know, staring at, at a ballet recital at the end. And the rest of the show was given over to red and more of this, please, because well, that I really Dimbe to be with him. That would have been better. But. I mean, Dembe and Red are my favorite pairing. Yes, you know, so I could have I could have used Dembe, but the the key thing is that more Red, please yeah. more Red. And the fact that he did an autopsy on his own, they're like, wait, you're doing an autopsy? How do you know how to do an autopsy? He's like, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't question. <laughs> All of that was really good. Um, I don't know if I necessarily guessed the killer. Other than, you know, when you get to an island and they're like, we need you to count to, you know, so we can confiscate all your weapons and we're going to send all your security away. 
And I was like, yeah, this is not going to end well. <laughs> you know, from the get go, I don't know. I kind of thought it was it was the uh, well, the butler um, from the beginning, because it I just seemed like too convenient, especially when he was saying things like, you know, well, we need to take your weapons and we'll make ourselves really scarce. You're not really going to see us, but uh, let us know if you need anything. It's like, OK, that's way too convenient. Um, so, yeah, I kind of figured, yeah, a bit besides, you know, everybody, everyone who's part of his group has to die off. So who else are we left with? Right. You know, kind of process of elimination. I actually thought it was the girlfriend. I mean, she was it, obvious. Yeah. She was very obvious, but I thought if it wasn't her, somebody was making her do it or whatever. Yeah. Um, which and I didn't, tru- I didn't trust her through the whole thing, so. It, it ended up being partially true, but I, I never trusted her. And so when you get to the end when she's like, I have to leave because you smile too hard. I was like, you were never <laughs> like she was given lip service to wanting to be with him, but she didn't really want it. Yeah. So. All right. That's it for the blacklist. Lots of red. Give it a shot. Uh, yes. Next up, we're going to talk about legacies. And this was our season finale, even though it was only episode 16. Uh, it ended up having an ending because our actress was unavailable for a few weeks. So we ended up reshooting the end, which I haven't actually seen. So I'm going to let you guys talk about the episode and what you thought. Go ahead. I almost texted you when I finished to ask what the writers had been smoking. Because they had, <laughs> this had a lot of crazy humor in it. It did. And then I realized, and then I realized I know one of the writers, Thomas Brandon's a buddy from church. So, um, it's you know interesting. Thomas? I, uh-huh. Thomas is, huh? I've known Thomas for years. That's, oh, what, what's interesting is, okay. I like, I like, uh, what the, the sister who's currently evil. Um, not Lizzie, uh, the other Josie. one. Josie. Joe. Who? They, they call her dark Josie. Josie. Okay. I like nice Josie. I don't like dark Josie. And well, Lizzie, I think is a lost cause. As, no, I'm talking about as act, as an actor. Oh, okay. I think the actor who plays Josie is better, much better as good Josie than as dark Josie. And I don't think Lizzie's good at all. I'm oh, sorry. no. I like Lizzie. I think she's great. <laughs> she just seems too forced to me. No. Um, but uh, I just <laughs> but the humor, especially with uh, Lizzie's... Mem- I, I'm doing air quotes right now memorial service oh, right, <laughs> and then she's in, she's in hope and then she's right? in hope's body right. and then she basically finds out how much people hate her <laughs> she did but she sacrificed he herself for the school and they still hate her that's not cool <laughs> yeah well mg's the one who turns it around because he's a really good guy and obviously totally crushing on her um and then trapped with uh hope trapped in Josie's mind trying to rescue the real Josie. Initially, the cheesy costumes bothered me, and then I realized, oh, they're trying to be more fairy tale, not realistic. Because obviously, it's a fairy tale world, right? Right. We we know how to do dark, scary effects. So it was a pleasant surprise that the pig in the fantasy world was the real Josie, not the sleeping Josie. So that was a nice misdirect. Um. And everything else was pretty much, uh, you know, it happened as it needed to happen. But, oh, and it was funny that um, the necromancer is basically working with with Pops with uh, to get rid of Dark Josie because she's muscling it on his territory. <laughs> uh, I wanted you evil, but not more evil than me. <laughs> what, what else did you guys think? Other thoughts? Um, I, you know, I, it wasn't like the greatest episode to end on, frankly, but, um, I, there were things that I liked about it. First of all, the, the, the necromancer, I really hope he doesn't get killed off at the end of the season because I completely love his character. He's just so much fun, endlessly fun to watch. I mean, you can think the bad guy, but for so long. Well, you know, you can make him go away and have him around to come back later some other way. Killing him off permanently would be a waste. I, I just think he he's just fantastic. too much. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. 
It really, really is. Uh, the the rest of the episode, you know, it was things like, I, I mean, like Lizzie's friends are just the absolute worst. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not like she just went away or even, you know, was was in the hospital for an operation or something like that. They're saying horrible things about her and laughing about her when she's supposed to be dead. Right. I mean, who does that? So, yeah, I, I, you know, thought they went a little overboard with that. I know that she's, you know, been been uh, not the greatest person in certainly at the beginning of the series but still i mean come on it's supposed to be people she hangs with so the rest of the episode uh, you know it, it's like it was kind of kind of bargain basement fairy fairyland so i i wasn't all that thrilled with it it seemed really obvious um but i i was i was happy that they at least wrapped up the the uh the dark josie storyline because i was getting very tired of that too so i'm i'm looking forward to more i just don't think it and of course it wasn't meant to be the season finale but um i'm i'm looking forward to when they finally get back and show us the rest of the stuff because i think it was as episodes go it was not one of the best I think I think you 15... end the season with the episode you've got, not the episode. I was about before. to say, I was like, that's not what happened. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it wasn't planned to do that. Oh, one more thing that I should say: um, Danielle Rose Russell does a great Lizzie. Oh, when she was, she was <laughs> oh, great. she's great. Yeah, so I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I think 15 might have been a better end. Like if we had ended on 15, that felt like that was a bigger cliffhanger. Um. Yeah. But we had 16 done, so there you go. So that's what you got. All yeah, right. I really like um, I really like the practical effects. I thought the the pig guy was fantastic. He's and uh, the actor is hilarious. Yeah, he was he was just great with the you know the toots and the you know don't use your magic and uh, it was just uh, it was he was just um, off the charts you know from a period I guess um, and. <laughs> You know, it kind of takes you back to the whole, because, you know, it takes you back to the whole, like, uh, Big Bad Wolf, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and, and the era that those cartoons came came out in. And so, uh, and so it was nice that his dialogue kind of reminded you of that period, too. Uh, but then, yeah, but I agree. I'm, I'm glad the whole, you know, you know, evil, dark side. And then they went into the whole thing of, like, Okay, the 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 good one and the evil one are gonna battle each other, and just by self affirmation, um, good is gonna triumph over evil. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, okay, I get it. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, you know, not not ending on you know a super high note, but you know, it's I guess it suffices for a season finale uh, since we get to wrap that up. And that's what we got. Yeah. Also. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Crypto Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.